0: everyone this is Ling. as you know me from a lot of movies especially the crow and please watch horror squad podcast
1: the horse squad podcast episode number 277 tonight we're talking about my birthday pick house of a thousand corpses rob zombies film i'm of your co-host todd we have joe and we steven i take it we have an interview tonight right gentlemen
2: we do uh so joe and i interviewed the legendary bai ling she's been in a ton of movies including the crow Exorcism at sixty thousand feet, and a bunch of other things like a lot of mainstream things too, like Wild Wild West and um, Samurai Cop Two, and there's a there's a bunch of Star Wars at one point, but she got apparently cut because she did Playboy. It's a whole thing. Uh, super interesting. <laughs> crank one. high voltage, right? Crank high voltage. So yeah, so she's uh, interviewing for a movie called Johnny and Clyde, which we uh, are going to talk about on What Watch. So stick around to the end. It's uh, it's a good interview. It's very. Revealing.
3: Very. Yes. Nice.
2: Very, very pleasant forward, woman. Very I look forward very, to very listening
1: pleasant. to it. I look forward to listening to myself.
2: But Todd. Yes. Happy birthday, buddy. Again. Thank you. Thank uh you. what'd you do yeah. for your birthday? I you got a big uh big night on what was Friday.
1: Thursday was my birthday, the fourth. You know, just did normal dad stuff. I mean I had to do orthodontics appointment in the morning. So like it never stops, man, when you're got yeah, kids. Made myself some burgers. I love burgers. I'm a burger guy and I'm getting really good at like Grilling them to to perfection. I'll fucking grill you guys some burgers. Come over. We'll 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 light them up. Get some melted cheese on there. We'll get some slightly toasted. Well, no, you like them plain though. You little freak. I do. (laughs) This this is just for Joe. Then I'll load Joe's up. Joe's burger up. Then on Friday I went to a Reds game since I'm close to Cincinnati and we watched them get beat by the uh, Chicago White Sox. But it was a good game. It's a lot of lot of offense. A lot of home runs. Sat right on the on the wall in uh, center field there. No home runs came my way, um, but I was ready. Had my glove, and uh, that's about it you guys been up
3: to um not much for me really it's been i guess uneventful so yeah i don't know steve anything good going on with you
2: yeah uh, i did something super fun and todd was there as well for the kind of second half of it but a bunch of us from the discord which i can't talk enough good things about actually hung out on xbox and played dead by daylight for like four or five hours and we had a friggin' blast. I mean, Dead by Daylight, for those who don't know, is kind of a horror game where you play uh, four survivors versus one killer. It has a ton of, like, real kind of horror legends. You know, you have Ghostface, you have Leatherface, you have uh, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, a bunch of other ones from different franchises, so...
1: You can play as Laurie Strode, survivor.
2: Yeah, exactly. You can play as Laurie Strode, you can play as Ash. There's a bunch of cool survivors as well, and we just had a blast. I mean... I don't think the game is that great, if I'm being honest. But playing with a bunch of, like, friends, essentially, was just cool. And we had so much fun and laughing. And, yeah, it was a good time.
1: Yeah, I think that's about the fourth game night we've hosted. And um, usually it's Friday the 13th. We do some Halo. This is the first Dead by Daylight. And I agree. The game is, like, actually not good. <laughs> like, I don't like it at all. But playing in the group, though, definitely saves it. So, but, yeah, come to Discord. If you got Xbox, we'll play. If you got PC Game Pass, we'll play. Man, it's it's a really good time.
2: Yeah, and speaking of the Discord, uh, just so everyone knows, our next movie night is going to be Saturday, uh, May 20th, so that's both uh, different than what we usually do, because it's usually the last Friday of the month, but I will be in Texas with uh, Joe, and uh, so we're doing on a Saturday, and we're going to be watching Pope's Exorcist, which is actually something we're going to review in two weeks, so uh, if you want to join, again, Discord, amazing group of people, and yeah, so let's get into it. How about uh, we start with a little bit of tea? Oh, you want the tea? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't serve tea. Nope. Instead, you get a cup of Joe. And now here's Joe with the news.
3: So, yeah, let's get into it. Here is your cup of Joe. A Cup of hard Joe news for the week. Love it. File That's this cool. one under Joe is absolutely coming. Because, ladies and gentlemen, they just announced okay. the Blair Witch Project. Is coming back, ladies and gentlemen. That is right. Lionsgate is developing a new installment in the Blair Witch Project franchise. Currently, not a lot of info out there. uh, Besides that, Oliver Park has been hired to direct the currently untitled Blair Witch sequel. Uh, You might know him from last year's The Offering. Uh, He's also done movies, uh, strange events, still, and a night of horror nightmare radio uh, so on particular note here, the production company attached is Hacks and Films, which of course was the original originator of the original Blair Witch Project. Also, Dan Miriak and Eduardo Sanchez have been listed as producers. So it seems like we are going to get the original gang back together which hasn't happened since the very first Blair Witch Project so it seems like we are heading in the right direction and we are going to get a legitimate maybe sequel to the original with you know the originals obviously a lot of stuff with Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows uh you know the uh, Eduardo Sanchez absolutely hates that movie I uh, really had nothing to do with it so I'm excited I think with him coming back and stuff like that I I think the franchise is going to be on the right track again. So uh, what do you guys think about this?
1: Yeah, bring it on, man. I mean, the Blair Witch from, like, what, 2016-ish? Pulled, like, 45 mil on a 5 mil budget. So, like, I don't know. Why we haven't had one for the song. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, if, if they have a good idea, then I'm definitely in. Uh, the Blair Witch lore is really cool. So I'm hoping that they can expand on it and uh, give us something kind of familiar but fresh at the same time. So I, I definitely watch it. And it's nice that they're actually advertising it as Blair Witch this time, because last time it was a surprise. It was called The Forest, I think, or something like that. Right up something until like release, that, right? Or some
1: shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, swapped
2: they, it. it was like a surprise uh, drop, kind of like they did with um, Cloverfield. One uh, that one that they dropped it, it, like the out, of, out of nowhere, yeah. So, yes. yeah, looking forward to it.
3: All righty. Well, some sort of file this one under, I guess. A bit of bad news here for you Stranger Things fans as we're already going to have to wait a little while for Stranger Things, the final season. Well, you have to wait even longer now because of the ongoing writer strike. Uh, it is putting a halt to a lot of productions right now. And the biggest one right now, obviously, being Stranger Things. They were set to begin filming pretty soon, actually, from my understanding. But now it is completely on hold. Uh, The Duffer brothers wrote a statement on Twitter. They said, uh, writing does not stop when filming begins. While we're excited to start production with our amazing cast and crew, it is not possible during this strike. We hope a fair deal is reached soon so we can all get back to work. Until then, over and out. So Obviously, uh, you know, just this weekend, actually, the MTV Movie Awards suffered a a big thing where they were supposed to have a live show. They ended up pivoting to a uh, pre-taped show, which I didn't watch. Drew Barrymore actually was supposed to host. She ended up dropping out due to the writer's strike because they threatened to pick it. So, yeah, it's kind of a mess out there right now. And I'm sure a lot more productions are going to suffer because of this. So hopefully, you know, we can they can strike a deal soon and yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. So next bit of news here is evil dead rise. For those of you who are not able to see it in theaters, the movie just came out what two or three weeks ago. Well, as of this recording, you can already watch it at home. Uh, This is going to be like one of the quickest turnarounds I can remember in post, you know, post COVID essentially. I mean, obviously during COVID, uh, the height of COVID they were releasing movies same day as theaters and whatnot because no one was going to the theaters and, now, here we are. I mean, it is hitting VOD. Like I said, right? it's already out right now and is going to hit 4K and Blu-ray uh, next month. So I, what do you guys think? Do you think this is good for business?
2: I actually think it's maybe a little too fast, if I'm being honest. I do like that it's fast. You know, like I don't want to wait three, four months before the VOD between theater because let's, there's like this mid space where it's not playing anywhere. You just can't see it for a long time. But this is a little too quick. Like it just passed 100 million like a few days ago, I saw that article and then all of a sudden it's already on VOD. Like try to at least get as much, you know, theater time as possible before and then put it out on VOD. So I am for quick releases. I just think this one, it might be a little too quick if uh, you ask me, because eventually people are going to get wise and st- say, well, I'm not going to watch it in theater because it'll come out in like three four weeks on VOD anyway. And I mean, that, that's a good way to go too. But if, there, if you're looking at a money perspective, I don't see how this makes sense.
3: Yeah. I mean, I agree. I like it, just like I don't think theaters will ever fully die. But I feel like this is like sort of the beginning of maybe the end for them. Because, like, if you're going to start releasing stuff this quickly or same, same day as theaters, like, what's the point? I mean, obviously, like a theater experience is a lot different than seeing it at home but still like people aren't going to go out and spend 40 to 50 it's expensive to go to the movies 40 or 50 bucks you know after you buy the tickets for you know this is for two people you buy the tickets then obviously you're going to get you know some popcorn and soda it ends up costing you about 50 bucks why do that when you can watch it at home for a lot cheaper and even more cheaper because you know a lot of people are pirating these movies for completely free so yeah i don't think it makes any sense either steve and i, I mean i think they should at least be waiting a, a month to two and not you know two weeks after release i mean obviously renfield pope's exorcist as well which we're going to be covering because they released them so quick so thank you for that that's great for the podcast maybe not so great for business but i mean obviously they think a lot of money is to be made at home obviously people are staying home not going to theaters so i guess we'll see i mean you know within the next maybe 20 30 years could we see Maybe one theater within a 50 mile radius of your house, because all the other ones are dead. I think it's quite possible. All right, next big news here is Beetlejuice Two. Is it finally going to happen, folks? It really seems like it is going to. You know, it's been teased since, of course, the the first movie came out. You know, almost 30 years ago, or over 30 years ago now. But of course, Jenna Ortega, very heavily rumored to be starring in this uh, alongside Michael Keaton, who has. Supposedly already signed on, and Tim Burton coming back to direct. Well, a very important piece has also said he is coming back as well. As composer Danny Elfman has said, he is definitely um, in talks and plans on composing Beale juice too. So, I mean, what do you? I mean, what do you think? This is finally going to happen, right?
1: I really don't care, honestly. <laughs> like, it's been so long, and I love Michael Keaton, but like. Um... Jenna Ortega, she's fantastic, but let's like not over-saturate her, you know what I mean? Like, they always do with every hot actor. And going back to the movie theater thing, like, I will never pay 19 to fucking rent a movie. So, um, yeah, fuck that. But, uh, yeah, as for Beetlejuice, like, I don't know. Like Steve said earlier about Blair Witch, if they have a great story, let's do it. But other than that, it's like, it's a long. it's been a long time, you know? Is, is it going to have the same magic? I, I highly doubt it.
2: Yeah, you know what? I, usually I'd agree with you, Todd. But seeing uh, Michael Keenan in the Batman suit, despite not liking Ezra Miller, made me excited for that movie because Michael Keaton is just like one of those really special actors. So I think if someone could pull it off this far out from the uh, original, I think it could be him. Uh, so if the right people are involved, there's a the right script, and Michael Keenan, you know, he's, he's, he seems to have not lost his touch. So I I'd definitely go see it. So I'm, I'm kind of excited. It's just. I'm also skeptical because how many times have we heard Beetlejuice 2 he is coming or very close and it just didn't happen. So until I see like a behind the scenes, you know, set photo, I'm still reluctant to believe it.
1: Is a, I'm, I'm sorry, did you mention if Baldwin's coming back or not?
3: No, I don't think anything about him right now. Obviously, or you know, he is. was he, he was just finally exonerated, yeah. you know, for his charges. So that might maybe progress his role. You know, I would like to see them both back. You know, they're yes. very important characters to that. Are they necessary, though? I think you could do it without them. You know, as long as you get Winona Ryder and uh, Michael Keaton back, I think. And Jenna supposedly is supposed to play Winona's daughter. I think that's good enough. But I think, uh, you know, they were such an integral part of that original movie. I think it would be great for them to come back
2: as well. So I'd we'll like see. to see uh, Catherine O'Hara back, too. I think that would yeah, be absolutely. she's She's great. Yeah, I would
1: have loved to seeing seen the dad too, but
2: yeah, he's, no. A, no. Yeah, <laughs> no. he's a creeper. So we he, gotta he keep and Ed Gale could go rot somewhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and,
3: and Otho just passed away like within yeah. the last five years Did or something. He? So unfortunately yeah. we won't see him back.
1: Speaking, speaking of Ed Gale, his Instagram is still up. And I was just curious. Oof. People are lighting him up. I'm mean, rightfully so rightfully so, but yeah, he, he kept it up for some damn reason.
3: Yeah, that's oof. <laughs> go back to our last news segment. You will know, if you don't know the whole idea, like it's story and you'll learn something there. Uh, all right. Uh, the next bit of news here is the conjuring franchise. Uh, of course, we are going to be getting the fourth movie in the franchise. Well, we got a title, ladies and gentlemen. The next movie is going to be called the conjuring last rights. Now, better than the devil made me do it. I would say right (laughs) um but i mean as far as anything else uh nothing else out there as far as what the story is going to be or anything like that i'm sure patrick Wilson, rara Farmiga, of course will be coming back nothing else confirmed as of now though so that's all i can tell you the conjuring last rites sounds like it's going to be some sort of maybe exorcism type movie or something but we shall see
1: r-i-t-e-s yes It'd have been cooler if it was the other one. <laughs> they could just probably <laughs> throw us off guard. Uh, yeah. I don't know the last one was like left such a foul taste, you know, after the part one and two being so amazing. It sucks. So hopefully they write the ship.
3: Yeah. Well, and another one, Exorcist: The Believer. How do we? How do we feel about that Ooh, title? No, that's lame. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, agree. I don't have I- any
1: faith in anything those guys do anymore.
3: Yeah, I mean David Gordon Green, man. He, I hope, I hope he writes a shit, man. I, I really do. I, I, but we'll see. I mean, after what he did to Halloween, say some people loved Halloween that for that trilogy. So you know, maybe he can do something.
2: I like that first one. You know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Maybe the first Exorcist will be good, and then he'll ruin it. So who knows? You know?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll definitely see. Steve, also want to throw this out to you: Disney's Haunted Mansion, PG thirteen rating
2: pretty good right for like a kids movie yeah i mean that's as good as you're gonna get for uh you know a attraction at a at a disney park i guess but um I, i'm you know i'm cautiously optimistic about it so i'm i i do not know though i'm still kind of on the fence i don't think the trailers look very good but maybe those low expectations might help me out when it comes out in july yeah we'll
3: definitely see uh for you horror collectors and halloween collectors out there spirit has just announced that they are going to be releasing a six foot cotton candy cocoon this season from killer clowns from outer space pretty cool trick-or-treat trick-or-treat studios released one a long time ago that one's not very good i i'm hoping this one might be a little better but we'll see um it'll definitely be in stores so check it out for you killer clowns fans and finally tonight I wanted to touch on this because Blade Disgusting released a thing of 29 horror movies you don't want to miss this summer. I'm not going to least list all 29. Don't worry about it. But I did want to touch on a few of the major ones that is going to be coming. Uh, the number, first one I want to mention is May 26th, Coming to Theaters. Todd's favorite. Becky 2, The Wrath oh, of Man, Becky. I thought you were
1: going to say like Saw or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No more Becky, please.
3: I'm into it. I'm ready. I, I mean, I thought the first one was pretty good, and uh, I think they can improve on it. So uh, I'm I'm digging it. Uh, the next one here is one that is highly anticipated, uh, mainly because they supposedly, you know, take this with a grain of salt, because you know how the studios love to do this, but they supposedly had to recut parts of this movie because it was so scary. And this is based on Stephen King's short story. The movie is called The Boogeyman, which will be hitting theaters on June second. Do you guys know? I didn't, have seen a trailer for this or anything.
1: No, but that's so stupid. You're gonna tell me <laughs> in like a test screening or whatever they're like, hey, man, this movie's really hitting. Everyone's super scared. I know, dude. We gotta cut it. We gotta cut the scares down. It's too scary. No, they don't do that. They're recutting it because it sucks. They'll cut gore obviously to make the NPA happy, but scares? No, come on.
2: Any anytime scares are mentioned in the marketing, I immediately think to myself, "This is not going to be good." You know, there was a time when audiences being scared was a kind of a, something attractive to me, but now it's like, no, this is stupid marketing. It just let let a movie speak for itself. And the, the great example of that is Terrifier too, right? They took actual people like fainting and shit, and then ran with it, as opposed to coming out with that before the movie was even out. So. Yeah, it's going to suck, I bet.
1: And you know what's really scary is like when you hear your cat puking in the middle of the night, you don't know where she puked at. It could be anywhere. <laughs> yep. So let's get some like fucking real life stuff. Like you uh, do your taxes, you owe money, shit like that.
3: <laughs> Alrighty. righty. Well, the next one we got July 7th, the highly anticipated Insidious The Red Door. I am very excited for this one. Uh, next up, we have July 28th, The Haunted Mansion. Steve, I know, very excited for that one. Here's one I'm really excited about. A24's Talk To Me comes out July 28th. It's got the possessed hand. Steve doesn't look excited. He's making a face.
2: I'm going to be honest with you. This to me is like this year's, you know, like the every we talk about all the time, the generic story that is just going to we had a couple examples like um, uh, the one the year before Truth or Dare was the other one I was thinking about. Uh, Megan was kind of in that same vein. It seemed the trailer just gave me generic vibes, you know. It's just I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. A twenty-four, you know, it could be hit and miss, so we'll see what it's like.
3: What do you guys think about this one? Meg two, the trench. Hit in theaters August 4th. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Currently they're talking about it on our Discord, but I yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the first one. It's pretty goofy, and I like Rain Wilson in it, and Jason Statham does fine. The Trench, actually, is a book. I wonder if they're going to base it off this book this time, because I really like the book, so I guess we'll wait and see.
2: Yeah, I'm actually excited for this. Um, I like a good shark movie. You know, I've seen so many bad ones, that to have one with actual budget and stuff, I think is uh, pretty cool. I like the make. I don't love the make, but I liked it, and I I could see them having fun with the second one, so I'm down.
3: All right, well, September 8th, Steve, get out the lube because we have The Nun 2.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm ready. I am so fucking ready. I really hope that it's good because I didn't love the last Nun movie. And I hope that they correct uh, kind of the ship on that. I haven't heard, I haven't seen anything about The Nun 2, other than it's coming out. So I'm a little concerned. Like, there's nothing coming out from that production that I've heard, which is odd. Uh, But who else? Maybe they're just so excited about it that they're keeping it under like Marvel uh, uh, type too scary yeah maybe yeah I can't wait though it's <laughs> hopefully it's fine. yeah are you
1: first planning one on all, all, all style no
3: no substance
2: exactly yeah
3: planning on meeting uh Bonnie Aarons at Texas rightmare I know she's gonna be there
2: uh I I have her autographed like a couple times already so I'm not uh, gonna get her autograph but I'll definitely go like you know walk by that table <laughs> catch glim- a to yeah. do, do yeah. an awkward <laughs> wave <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> hi <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Uh, (laughs) uh, that's about that's it so that's it for the summer and then of course the fall is going to be loaded with of course saw the exorcist uh, amongst many others i can't even think of right now so it's it's gonna even though right now we've been saying this year hasn't been great there's a lot of great stuff still to come so hopefully this year picks up this
2: year needs to get better like this year is really (laughs) bad so far i mean there's some good stuff there's some really good stuff so far but I can't wait for the second half of the year and hopefully get some of those heavy hitters in.
3: Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's it for hard news this week, ladies and gentlemen, or your cup of Joe this week.
2: So thank you. Well, speaking of cup of Joe, there's only one place. Well, I guess two places now that you can get a cup of Joe. And that is with our friends, deadly ground coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong.
3: There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating; it brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee—coffee coffee to die for and zombie-approved. It's good to get a little deadly.
0: Use the front door. Oh, they're so disgusting.
3: What? Well watched.
1: Already? Sure. Um, I have zero. So you guys take it over
3: all right i'll start us off then i have well we're going to talk about johnny and clyde at the end here because we got our interview with byling make sure you stick around for that at the end of the episode uh but the first one i got tonight is the price we pay this one uh, i believe is a 2023 release it stars Emil hirsch and steven dorf uh so this one is about you know they're kind of a ragtag group they uh end up robbing a pawn shop. Um, The robbery sort of goes wrong. They end up having to take a woman hostage. They get in her car. Uh, The car ends up breaking down. So they end up walking. They find a farmhouse. And they've stumbled into the wrong farmhouse because it is a group of maniacs. You've heard this story before. You know, overall, it's, it's not great. But it gets a lot better at the end. Like, it was, like, it was very generic. I actually was, la- I liked how it started, you know, sort of the, you know, there was, like, some good action scenes with the robbery and stuff like that. And Steven Dorff and Emil Hirsch, do, you know, they're pretty uh, good acting-wise here. But then, man, like, the middle is just, like, really just generic. And the character, like, the psycho characters are just boring they're not really all that interesting but man then the third act it really picks up and the practical effects are really fucking good um towards the end of the movie so you know it's not something i would recommend but you could do a lot worse (laughs) and yeah i mean it's like a fine maybe one-time watch at best good like laundry movie to not something like to not pay attention to, but you see some cool shit, some cool kills towards the end. So yeah, I gave it a a two and a half out of five over on Letterboxd.
2: So my first one this week is one we talked about briefly last week. Joe had said that it was the talk of the town over in Salem at Salem Horror Fest. So I was really curious to check it out. And that is Saint Drogo, which is a 2023 film. This movie is about a gay couple And one of them is having nightmares about his ex-boyfriend. So they decide to go to um, Provincetown, Cape Cod, for like a vacation, but off-season. And then they realize that the ex-boyfriend is actually missing. So it becomes kind of a uh, search of the ex-boyfriend to see if they can find him and what happened to him and stuff like that. And the more they dig into... What happened to them, the uh, more they get into this crazy cult thing that's happening in this town when they're off season. Uh, I'll be honest with you. So I, I went on IMD, on Letterboxed, and this thing has nothing lower than a three and a half star out of five. So I was really excited about it. But I'll be honest, me personally, the first hour of it, I was, I was bored. Um, there's just not a lot going on. I thought the dialogue was really bad. The acting was spotty at best and I wasn't really digging it. I was like at a one out of five for the majority of it, but the last 10 ish minutes are fantastic. That's where you get a lot of the horror. That's where you get into really the meat and potatoes of the uh, cult and all that stuff. And that part was like really awesome. In fact, There's a good chance, uh, there's a lot of movie left in this year, but right now there's a good chance that it has probably my favorite kill of the year because there's a kill in this that was seriously, I don't know how they did it. That's how fucking good it looked. It was really, really well done and gory and hell. I think they put their whole budget, honestly, in that one kill because the rest of the movie was made kind of very low budget. So yeah, so that definitely saved the movie a lot for me. So I gave it two and a half stars out of five. Uh, I'm not sure when it's going to come out. It didn't say in the press release, but I'm assuming it'll be on VOD sometime this year. It's funny though, because so I gave two and a half out of five, that would put me as the lowest score on uh, Letterboxd, and I don't want to be that guy. (laughs) So I'm actually holding my reviews. I'm not that guy, (laughs) Uh, but that's my honest opinion of it. I do say it's worth checking out. I will give you a warning though. Don't watch this on your phone in public because there is a lot of sex in this movie like a really crazy amount of sex in this movie it's just nonstop, and yeah all right we get some male dong in there the male uh, dong no there, there's no nudity in it actually <laughs> all right uh, but there there's a lot of simulated mm. uh, sex from okay. a lot of men i think the whole cast are gay men so
3: Mm -hmm. i uh man i'll never forget coming back i think it was from a texas frightmare weekend and i watched the shining on the plane on the ride home and the lady it was like an old lady next to me and like the bathtub scene came on when like she's just like full the woman's like fully nude you see like full bush and everything i was like so i felt
2: so awkward you know my breasts (laughs) used to look like that honey (laughs) yeah right (laughs) joe when you got an airplane to texas frightmare you need to just cover up (laughs) <laughs> like, not watch anything because apparently, oh, I like, know, right? You always scare your neighbor. <laughs> I do. I do. So, rem- sure. re- you know, remember that in two weeks, though.
3: So. <laughs> and we'll do. <laughs> I'll, I'm sure I'll have another story eventually. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, the last one I get tonight, and I know Steve's going to jump in on this, is Johnny and Clyde stars our interview tonight by Ling. Also stars Megan Fox as well as Yvonne Yogya. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, he's was he from Steve? You said he's from something yeah, pretty popular. He,
2: he played, uh, Leon Kennedy in uh, Resident Evil, the like latest Resident Evil movie. Gotcha. All
3: right. Uh, so, yeah, Johnny and Clyde is about, you know, obviously kind of uh, play off of Bonnie and Clyde, of course. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we have now Johnny and Clyde who are essentially the same type of thing. They're bad people. They're bank robbers and just all around just causing mischief one day they try to knock off a armored vehicle what they come to find out is that this armored vehicle doesn't have as much money as they thought in it they were getting ready to kill uh the guy when he says wait 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 you want money i know a place where you can get a lot of money and he go proceeds to tell them about this sort of secret bank you know for lack of a better word, vault, where all of essentially the dirty money is kept from the casino that is run by Megan Fox. She is sort of our Terry Benedict, Ocean's 11s t- uh, type villain in this one. Not as good uh, a- of an actor, though, as uh, Andy Garcia. <laughs> um, but so basically, Johnny Clyde find out that, hey, we can you know knock this place off and get a ton of money. So they end up, what they do is they get this sort of rag, they get this ragtag group together to knock this bank off but little do they know that megan fox has something up her sleeves she has a satanic cult and a demon that can she she ends up getting the satanic cult she gets this satanic cult leader to summon a demon to to protect her bank vault and i'll leave it at that and that you know yeah i mean this movie sounds really interesting but it's really fucking terrible. I was on um, my seat. Every time you describe something,
1: you, you freaking one up yourself. So like, I'm
3: in. I mean, in theory, it sounds actually really cool and interesting, Um, but man, it's just like really low, low, low hanging fruit here. You know, it's like very, it's, I blame a lot of it, I think, on the director, honestly. I, I think... Oh, and the writing, I guess. I mean, because I, I think like there's very capable actors here, you know, Megan Fox. And I think the, honestly, I think the standout is uh, Johnny and Clyde. Like, I think they both give really good performances. Megan Fox performance, not very good at all. Um, she is super wooden and this very robotic. I think this is sort of just like a get the paycheck and, and run type movie for her. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating because I do think there was potential for a good movie here. But as it sits, it's just a complete fucking mess. Um, I think the demon Basqua, I believe is his name that they summon. He's really fucking cool looking, sort of like a Grim Reaper sort of skeleton thing. But he's just like really like underutilized and just pretty much out of place. Because like the majority of this movie is not a horror movie. um, And he's really the only part of the movie that is horror. And we get him in the last like 10, 15 minutes. So this movie definitely has an identity crisis um, for sure. You know, I... Gave it a one and a half out of five over on Letterboxd. I said it was basically the Wish version of the Suicide Squad, and I stand by it.
2: (laughs) You don't think this movie has an identity, uh, Joe? On IMDb, it's listed as an action, crime, drama, adventure, thriller, horror. So take that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this movie doesn't fucking know what it wants to be. It's just like, let's make a movie about anything we want to and just throw it in together and something out uh, I agree with a lot of, of what Joe said it's it's so random I mean first of all there's not one likable character in this and that's a problem if you're if you don't know who the hell you're rooting for you're you're kind of watching a movie like I don't really care what happens and they just th- their answer to everything to everything in this movie is I'll kill I'll kill the other character it's just people dying the whole movie like everyone friggin' dies in this movie. like it's just I'll kill this person. I'll kill that person. I'll kill them. It's just the weirdest thing. Like they don't keep characters for more than five minutes because they kill them off constantly. You know, it's it's the weirdest thing. Oh, I don't like the way you made my coffee. Dead. Oh, uh, you know, you looked at me wrong. Dead. It's just it's a weirdest fucking movie. There were some scenes that were cool. The horror elements were actually pretty cool. But it was like someone said, "No, we need some horror in there to make sure that we have that as one of our genres." You know, so they just threw this whole thing in that. Made no sense whatsoever, but it did look kind of cool. Yeah, this movie's a mess. Um, I also gave it one and a half stars because there were some entertaining scenes. That it's just super random. I mean, they're taking drugs like two hundred pills. <laughs> you know, they just stuff it in their mouth. They like snort cocaine like it's friggin' you know, like sugar. It's it's the weird. Like they'd be dead on site. It's just what a weird movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who this was made for. <laughs>
1: 303 people, and I'm to be agreed with you guys. It's a 2.4 <laughs> out of 10 on there. So that's, a, that's high, I think. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good
3: um, a 2.1 on Letterboxd. So, <laughs> yeah.
2: so huh. all right. So, my last one this week is a 2017 film that I watched over on Tubi, and it's called Toxic Tutu. I just saw the name, and I'm like, I got to watch this. I don't even know what it's about. It's a ridiculous name. I felt in a ridiculous mood that day. And I decided, fuck it, I'll just check it out. But reading into it before I started watching it, I realized, okay, wait, this is about the guy who played uh, Toxie in The Toxic Adventure. And apparently he hasn't been doing cons for a long time. And all of a sudden he started appearing for cons. So they made kind of a story as to what happened in the 30 years that he wasn't doing cons and kind of cataloging in a mockumentary style his return to conventions. And that's basically what the film's about. Of course, it's a trauma film, you know, As so it's got a lot of trauma elements. I thought it would be interesting, especially that it starts off kind of a mockumentary. You see all the different cons he goes to, but this movie gets super fucking weird and complete nonsense. I don't even know what the hell I saw. It's just cut together pieces of footage that they took from, you know, a few conventions with some kind of story that they tried to splice into it the most random friggin' cameos you've ever seen. Like they just have these really random people show up just to come in. Jake to snake Roberts. There's a, I don't even remember where they are. Cause I was like, just so out of it. Uh, I didn't enjoy this at all. And I, I like trauma stuff, but this was just way too fucking weird for my taste. It just didn't come off good at all. And uh, I gave it half star. I just, it was too weird. There, there's just a limit to my weirdness and, there's good. a limit
1: this guy. yeah that's right. is 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 there any part of the film that is truth? Like, does it start as a documentary? Like, um, oh, what's the one about Troll Two that's excellent, where that's about that, you know, fable production. Is it kind of like that?
2: I think the idea came that he just wasn't doing cons, um probably just because he wasn't interested. and then he saw that, you know, there's money into it. So that's probably what he did. Um, and then they kind of brought the tutu into it, which is the original tutu he was wearing in the original Toxic Adventure. So that whole thing. And they just made a movie out of it. And it's not good. It's, it's it, it, like, the, to, like I told you, there's a bunch of cameos. The way they t- tried to shoehorn in the, those cameos into the stories was just a, like, you go into you have to go into a wrestling ring to make sure that they can get DDT'd by Jake the Snake. But why? You have to... Why not, right? They just <laughs> happened to be there at that convention. I think they just took people who were at that con doing signings and just kind of like, hey, you want to be, you know, two minute cameo in my movie? And they're like, sure.
1: Interesting.
2: It's Lloyd Kaufman, right now, right? I would I'm like fuck, fuck yeah, I would. So. Yeah. Oh, Lloyd Kaufman directed this. Yeah, I, did, oh, I don't boy. know if he directed it, but uh, probably no, he didn't direct it. Joe Nardelli Nardelli did, but this was he was all all over it. He was in the movie. It's Toxie, uh, of course, right? So. All right. cool not recommended just watch chocolate adventure again
1: (laughs) all right thanks time for trivia
2: yeah let's do it
1: all right quarter number two is as follows myself todd and Leva, 17 joe in second place with 12 steve third nine this is game like number six or seven who would like to lead off today
3: i'll lead us off i have a theme tonight oh
2: Oh, that's it. Tell uh, you. It's, it's probably Rob Zombie. So. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, shocker. <it's> <laughs> All right, so Rob we have
1: like seven movies to see. pick from. Let's go. <laughs> <get
3: out>. Okay. <laughs> so, question number one: What hobby does Michael develop in the um Paper mache.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'll give it That's that's right. I was. Wait, what I was saying. It? What would he, you call it? I say, I put. He he learns to make masks.
2: Oh, well, yeah, paper paper mache. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I,
3: I, yeah I get out, a paper, out of paper mache. So, I, yeah.
1: I, I give it to you. And Danny Trejo did not deserve to die in that movie. He's a man with a heart of gold in that
3: film. Mm-hmm.
1: Bastard and Michael. He,
3: it, <laughs> it was an important scene, though. I know. I guess.
1: Mikey,
2: I was good to you. Mikey.
1: <laughs> Makes me cry every time. All right. I also have a theme tonight, if you can Ooh. guess what it is. It's <laughs> Rob also Zombie. Rob Zombie, really. <laughs> yeah, <you're> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Captain Spalding's murder ride. There are four serial killers named in the murder ride. I want them in order.
2: In Ooh. order, okay. Yes, uh, Albert Fish, okay, Ed Game, incorrect. Shit. I-, I want another try after if uh, okay, okay, uh, Albert Fish, yep, and then
3: uh. <laughs> I know the last one is Dr. Satan well don't say'm then... gonna... I, I know <laughs> no, who the two are so
2: and then I, I think Gein... you guys
1: are gonna miss a key I, I, person I, I... here that is but I'm not gonna give you any more of that go
2: Steve okay so getting to go over yeah or, yeah, no. Jody, okay, so yeah Albert yeah. Fish Lizzie uh-huh. Borden Ed Gein, and then Dr. Satan. Correct yeah
1: nice yep. yeah uh, Lizzie Borden's only said by Jerry
2: yeah not captain <laughs> Spalding. I, ju- oh. I, I I just didn't remember the order <laughs> all right. You know what time it is. It's mm. your favorite time of the week. Mm, yeah. That's right. So, sex and nudity, the, baby. That's right. Guess the movie based off the IMDV parental guide. And guess what? Ooh. No theme tonight. Because I, I knew you guys would probably go with Rob Zombie. So, I didn't <laughs> want to do the same thing. All right. A little bonus this time two sex and nudity ones because I couldn't decide oh, which of the trouble. Trouble. one to do. Love
3: okay. it.
2: Sex and nudity. It is implied that a man hid cameras in a woman's bathroom. Also, a woman says to her boss, You bang Susan in the warehouse. (laughs) Hmm, Happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, Violence and gore. A man's head is shredded by a lawnmower of sorts. You see... sort. Uh, some sort of chunky blood splat onto his face, and a chunk of his head shoot out the end. Well, that's cool. Oh, you want to guess or you want to risk it? No, I mean, okay. I, I, I can picture this the scene. I just can't <laughs> think of the movie right now. This one made me laugh, so I'm putting in profanity. There are two slang uses of ginger. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know why that was a profanity, but it made me laugh. Well then. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Two guys are outside. One guy asks the other guy for a lighter. He starts to light a cigarette and about to smoke, but is interrupted. Mm. And finally, frightening, intense scenes. A man's mother gets killed in a car. This may upset family lovers and young audiences. Family
3: lovers.
2: (laughs) So I'll tell Uh, you that violence and gore and profanity are the two that would maybe give it away, I think
3: the yeah. gingers
2: yep and the uh, the shred of course the lawnmower kill right which is super epic
3: i can't think of anything um yeah uh, I get, I i'm gonna
1: guess. guess dead alive
3: wrong no good no. guess though. I,
2: I could see that it is,
3: it is a good guess
2: yeah, i'm thinking
1: lawnmower but the only other one i think of is um
2: I right, will hold not, this for now. Yeah, it's, it's not that one probably. Not, <laughs> I think I not, think I know what you mean. It's not sinister. It's not sinister, no. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, I can't think <sighs> of anything. All right. You guys give up. Uh,
3: uh,
2: Frankenhooker? Wrong. Uh, so we were talking about the most famous ginger in horror. It was Child's Play 2019. Ah.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, the step not the stepdad, but the
2: dude. Yeah.
3: That's right.
1: While breaks his legs,
3: right? Cool. Nice. Dang it. <laughs> okay.
1: Were you Match picturing the... that scene, Joe?
3: No, I wasn't. I was thinking of a different, I was thinking of a different, I was thinking of like one of the final destination movies, but it wasn't a lawnmower. Um... It was like the motor. Like yeah. rips off the back of his head. I think in part one or two. Mm. I can't remember. All right. Match the killer to the movie. Let's do it. And tonight we have Winslow Foxworth. The fuck is that? <laughs> uh, is it thirty-one? Oh, it is not thirty-one. Okay, well, well your choices are <laughs> I, limited. I
1: guess I'm gonna go Devil's Rejects.
3: Incorrect. It was Richard Brake's character in Three from Hell. Oh, oh, fuck that movie. Yeah, seriously.
1: the newest.
3: <laughs> the, what was his name?
1: Uh, the Midnight <laughs> Ghostman or Midnight? Wolfman, Wolfman, or something like that. Wolfman, I think,
3: yeah. I think
1: so. Ugh, that sucked. <laughs> Let me pull up mine. Okay, we have four clues. Clue number one: Sherry Moon Zombie. Oh. Clue number two: Ken Foray.
2: Oh, uh, wait, Halloween. Incorrect.
3: Because
1: <laughs> no, he uses every uh, single fucking actor.
2: <laughs> the Devil's Reject.
1: Incorrect. Oh, right now we're I can guess again. <laughs> yep. clue number three jeff daniel phillips
3: (laughs) (laughs) every raw zombie movie Uh,
1: before i I give you the the killer here because it's gonna give it away let's recap sherry moon zombie ken foray jeff daniel phillips and clue number four the final one be quick salem lord salem Correct.
2: Yes. I, that I, thought my that. Bill, I
1: thought you
3: were gonna say Bill Mosley. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, right. I should have, man. Dang it.
2: All right. Guess the movie based off the Letterbox Reviews. Okay. And as I like to do, they are our reviews. Oh boy. I was hoping this would going to be a so bad it's good type movie, but this was just flat out terrible in every way. I'm offended that I had to sit through almost two hours of this movie. <laughs> this the is rhyme. definitely <laughs> Joe. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> runtime is ludicrous for this almost type offended. of movie. I really can't think of one positive thing to say about this movie. The acting story affects quite literally everything that was just absolute <laughs> bottom tier. He's so angry. I love it. I was. I can't remember the movie. He's offended. Though. <laughs> oh my god. Alright. Odd. I'm, even, <laughs> I'm even just telling you guys at this point Typical with these types of films amazing poster art followed by an ultra cheesy movie post-ups mm. of bloody boobs mm, cheap ass like looking toy and CGI and amateur acting. This was fun though and would be fantastic in a group setting jeez! Mm. Oh, Finally, yours truly I knew the type of film this was going in, so my expectations in the quality of the film were low, but I also hope they have enough fun with it to make it a memorable experience. There are a few scenes that made me laugh at how ridiculous they were, but ultimately, this movie is way too long for its own good. The first half Mm. wasn't terrible, but the second hour was a chore to get through. Less is more with films like this. What could have been an indie gem is unfortunately just another bloated, boring affair.
3: Hmm. Um... God
1: skimmerink, Wrong Fuck I thought I had it With your paws Dang it I,
3: I don't know I fucking I remember writing that review too <laughs> I, <was> fucking... <laughs> I got nothing You're
1: offended dude What offended you I was,
3: I was offended I I I feel like we did. We, was this a main review For it the was?
2: pod yeah. yeah Dang it We suck <laughs> You guys give up Yeah Yeah it is sharks of the corn. I oh, had that in right. my fucking
1: mind <laughs> <eye laughs>
3: too, man. We just mentioned that like last week, I think I too. Did. That's what we probably made me think of <laughs> yeah. it. Oh dang! All right. I Skipper also going
1: to have bloody boobs. What was I thinking? <laughs> Seriously, yeah, no, it <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I watched walls. the wrong Skidmore Didn't know? have anything.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. I also have three Letterboxd reviews. Name the movie. In contention for the worst movie I have ever seen. Without a doubt, the worst shaky cr- cam I have ever witnessed. Seriously, this movie looked like it was filmed with someone juggling the camera. <laughs> Number two. How can you compete with the poetic lines such as, you can stick your finger in your dripping twat and finish yourself off? This man 31. has such a way with words. Correct. Yeah, that was my <laughs> guess, I didn't want to like <laughs> yeah. And fine, my last one is... Why is the Nazi midget speaking so God, that movie so- wow, <laughs> That movie's fucking rough.
1: I saw in the theater too. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, he had a. He played two Rob Zombie music videos. I was like, get, the, get get over. Like, what are we watching? They're like seven minutes long.
2: Yeah, I've My only turn? seen one Rob Zombie movie in theaters. It was Halloween. I haven't seen any of the other ones.
1: Mm, I. I've only seen 31 in a theater. Actually, we
2: saw I saw three
3: from Helen theaters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: According to the website, The Pit. What is Rob Zombie's worst grossing film?
2: Is Ooh. it uh, El Superbeasto?
1: Um, so, I, I don't think I title. got a theater release. So let me give you. A... Uh, okay, okay. Second I second guess. I'll again on that. Yeah.
3: Um... I would say Lords of
1: Salem. Lord of Salem on the board. I'm gonna go thirty-one. Thirty-one is correct. Eight hundred fifty thousand nice.
2: dollars. <laughs> I thought maybe it'd be a, it was a trick question. It was actually a three from hell. <laughs> no, three from that hell didn't do like
1: well either. Two, two mil or something like that. Yeah, I, I think just... Lord of Salem made one point five. If I remember when I was reading it. <laughs> yeah, thirty. Oof, oh, eight fifty.
2: All right, finally, guess the movie based off these quotes in the film. So I actually have three of them because I I didn't pick like more obvious quotes. Now I'm picking stuff that's a little more deep cut.
1: Quote number one. Hey, how are (laughs) you?
2: This isn't the Republicans versus the Democrats where we're in a hole economically or we're in another war. This is more crucial than that. This is down to the line, folks. This is down to the line. There could be no more divisions amongst the living.
1: Okay. okay this is dawn of the dead correct it's yep. done of the Dead. Yep. yep yep
2: yep yeah the other two i had was Ain't It a crime what the only person who can miss with this gun is the sucker Suck with, with the, with bread, the bread, to bread buy it. To buy it. Yeah, that, was one, that was gonna be my last one because that was the the giveaway last one was roll the rescue stations we just got a oh, report yeah, that half those stations have been knocked out That's was tailored to me dude sure i'll <laughs> put one out in my ass right <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had to do at least one Todd birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, I mean, that first, that's one of fair. the first scenes when the, <laughs> the newscasters and the, they're arguing God, with each it's other. Su- shit. It's such a good fucking scene, like, there's so much nuance to that scene, too, yeah. if you, like, actually pay attention to all the stuff going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And then considering that, like, none of them are, like,
1: really 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 actors you know what i mean yeah that they they pull it off so well it's dude really my good.
2: my favorite one in that scene is that one guy is just like standing there having like a hissy fit and he like throws the papers in the air and yeah he's like, it's like this tall slanky guy i don't know yep. his performance yeah. is like it's really
1: something yeah and fran breaks um calls steven the wrong name yeah and they right and i'm like wow in the opening scene uh,
2: yeah of course then george a. romero of course appears and yep and his wife his next wife next yeah one. Yeah. yeah, then it's it's a great. You know trip. what?
1: We're gonna cover down the dead tonight, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Memory, yeah. Al- memory alone.
2: Again, because we've done it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I want... yeah it's a fucking great movie. Uh, all right, so that is Steve and I tied at three piece tonight. Joe with a goose egg, uh, which brings me in leave twenty. Steve and Joe tied in second place with twelve for quarter
2: el numero dos. Yeah, making my comeback. I was like five behind two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys ready?
1: joe's ready i guess yeah he's Um, ready all right house of a thousand corpses dragged by mr rob zombie from 2003 you'll never get out alive two teenage couples traveling across the backwoods of texas searching for urban legends of serial killers end up as prisoners of a bizarre and sadistic backwater family of serial killers starring said hey bill mosley Sharon moon zombie karen black and so on also young Chris Hardwick for the Talking Dead fans out there. A young Rain Wilson for The Office fans out there as well. Uh, yeah, so this movie um, follows four characters, two men, two girls, as they're traveling across their young, college age, things like that. Traveling across the country, set in the 1970s on Halloween Eve. Uh, they come to a gas station, and it happens to be uh, Sid Haig's um, Museum of Monsters and Mad Men, gas, fried chicken, and gasoline. And they head inside because it's one of those... Um, off the wall kind of things like think like bigfoot museum cryptids things like that fish boy mermaid person stuff like that he has them all displayed in his little shrine to murder um, and he also has a very awesome murder ride in the back where um, one of his cronies pushes a little card around why Sid Haig narrates about famous serial killers and ends off with the local legend of dr satan who allegedly participated in mutilating and experimenting on mental patients and they, the townspeople, rose up and hung them from a tree. And of course, our kids are like, "We want to know where the tree is." So Sid Haig, who plays Captain Spaulding draws them a map and says, "Fine, you can go investigate it." Our kids do, and they uh, come across a hitchhiker named Baby Firefly, who's played by Sharon Moon Zombie, and their car has flat tire. So Baby's like, "Yeah, you can just come to my house and we'll hang out, and my brother will fix your car." They go to the house, and I'll stop there. So this is a, a film that I probably the most watched film for me in high school. Uh, this came out when I was about a sophomore. So I remember getting the VHS tape and being at a buddy sleepover and just watching this movie and having a fucking great time. Um, and I've probably seen this one to be, you know, pushing 20 times now. And there are a ton of like technical issues in this film. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not like blind to them, but I absolutely love it because of the characters mostly Sid Hake, Bill Moseley, you know, Otis and um, Captain Spaulding uh the entire cast plays their um their parts extremely well um but i do have beef with our our main girls that are the quote-unquote victims i think they're fucking full of shit and they kind of brought a lot of this upon themselves which we'll get to later but yeah my initial thoughts are i love
2: it
3: yeah i mean i love that we're doing it. this is also the 20-year anniversary which is great it's great to be covering it now i have very fond memories of this movie because i remember hearing that Rob Zombie was going to do a horror movie and, like, my interest was, like, instantly peaked. I was like, wow, I was like, that's crazy. And then I remember how how tough the him getting distribution rights was. Like, this movie did not come out for so many years. And I remember finding, like, a shitty-ass bootleg copy online where you literally couldn't see anything in any of the dark scenes because, like, it was just pitch black. It was, like, a shitty-ass cam version. And I watched it though, cause like I was just so excited to see the movie, and uh, I mean I dug the hell out of it, and then I was able to actually see it, you know, when it finally did get released a couple of years later. And yeah, I mean this movie definitely has I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Is it a Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, like ripoff? Like absolutely, like in a lot of ways, but it's also an homage. So it's like you know call it what you want, but he takes things from that movie and he does his own thing with it you know the characters are all pretty like unique and original i think um he kind of makes his own sort of sawyer family here and they're great Like bill mosley fantastic in this uh, sherry moon probably her best turn uh in any of the rob zombie movies she just her baby is great like she just played crazy awesome um great you know cast of normal characters as well, but obviously all highlighted by Sid Haig. He really is the standout here. He's just fantastic. The opening to this movie is awesome, Um, you know, with Sid Haig in it. And yeah, I mean, of course, there's, there's definitely some weird choppy camera and editing choices in here, but it has like that grindhouse sort of feel to it. And it worked perfect for this movie. And say what you will about Rob Zombie later on, but this, I think, was probably his his best movie he ever he's ever
2: done. Um, and yeah, I really dig it. Yeah, I was happy that uh, you picked this, Todd, because so this is one that you guys had done on Three Guys at Horror. And for a long time, I almost thought that like those movies are almost like untouchable. Like we can't do those because you guys did. But I mean, they've been erased from existence for years now. So I'm happy that we're re- revisiting some of the kind of bigger ones, you know, and And my my history with this movie, so this is the year I graduated from college, which I was in film, and I remember it vividly. I skipped class because of the DVD release, and my local DVD store was inside a mall, and they were going to give a deck of playing cards from the movie for the first five people who uh, got a copy of this movie. So I skipped class. I went to the, uh, like, two hours before it's opening to line up to hopefully get one of those deck of cards and my solo ass waited two hours in a completely empty mall until the doors opened, and not a single other person was there to get that <laughs> that DVD. And that hey, deck you got card. him. Man. I got him. And I still got him you to saw, this day. You saw the deck? Nice. Yeah. And I will say this best DVD, like, Hands menu, down. menu screen Hands in film down. history. Like, they don't make them like this anymore. And I'm actually super fucking bummed that my Blu ray doesn't have that. Uh, that menu because it was just captain Spaulding talking shit to you as if you're in his uh in his store and it's just god that thing was fucking good and I still have it I still have the DVD as well but just had to mention that as for the movie itself I mean what can I say the movie is fucking amazing I just really love this movie it's funny because there are a lot of issues if I look at it critically. But for some reason with this movie, I don't care for a lot of the issues because I have so much fun watching it. It gets very random, especially near the end. But there are so many classic moments in this that I just can't help and smile every time I watch it. It's one I watch, I'd say, every one to two years. Last time I watched it was actually because they had a house of it. It had a Halloween Horror Nights, which was fucking awesome, by the way. Just I really enjoyed that. And yeah, I just love this movie. I mean, my biggest complaint... I'll say it straight up is I think there should have been more Captain Spaulding because he does disappear for a good chunk of the movie there in the middle but yeah I I adore this movie yeah back
1: to the DVD menu so good so good you hit the little call the ding button you know and he's just yelling at you and yeah sad to say I just got the 20 20 year like special edition it's like loaded with like Lobby cards and a poster, things like that. But the menu fucking sucks. They didn't what, bring back like, the menu. Come on, you
2: have the best menu of all time, and yeah. you don't fucking bring it
1: back. No, it's just a, it's just a wheel that you click to, and it spins. It, I'm like, it, what the fuck is
2: this? It's so good that I felt uncomfortable watching it because I felt like Captain Spaulding was yelling at me. <laughs> Remember when I first, when you first put that on, you didn't. Oh expect my it? god, yes, yes, yeah. I do. It was, it was <laughs> so like. crazy. that was at a time i remember that time vividly because that's when DDs are really like getting hot and that's when a lot of movies had interesting menus like they tried to do something with the menus like now they don't just don't give a fuck anymore but at that time and that one was definitely the peak it was just oh god it was so and i just sat there watching the fucking menu for it's it's long too they filmed like a lot of additional footage for this thing so that showed how much of rob zombie was a fan of just film and horror uh, to do that you know to think of i'm gonna film sid Haig, which is god the best uh just riff for i don't know how long that fucking menu was but it was long and i loved it yeah I'm, they they even have a subsection of them just
1: making jokes about tiny
2: like yeah, completely, yeah. a
1: completely separate link you click on it called tiny fuck the stump and it's got <laughs> bill mosley Sid. And I, i'm pretty sure baby's in there too and they just tell stories about tiny fucking stumps but um yeah completely uh, Glossed over that opening scene before we meet the kids, too. And I I say kids, but they're like 20, 21, 22, something like that. But yeah, we're introduced to Sid Haig and he's in his clown outfit hanging out his gas station slash murder museum with his buddy. And they're just talking. I, man, I would like to hang out with them. They're so fun. But then these two thieves come in and they have a botched robbery. But I love that scene because, like, it's very silly, but like, there's a lot of legitimately good tension in it um, because, like, the incompetent thieves and Uh, mixed with Sid Haig constantly yelling at him and like escalating the situation and the music and everything and then like his line where he's like the the main thief is trying to tell him like I'm gonna give you the count of three before I fucking blow your head off whatever you go one fuck your sister two fuck (laughs) and he just keeps going and then at the end when he executes him, he's like most of all fuck you and he shoots him in the head and then we get to the title card I'm like gosh man this movie sets it up
2: how dedicated is Captain Spaulding to always like go there and make up and like <laughs> run this store, like full ass clown outfit and shit? It's for probably like how many people actually go to this Gatsby shit? You know, it's uh, a yeah. very dedicated man. Yeah,
1: this movie also get, gave me like a lifelong lines that I always say. I always say, shit to bed. Is that part say,
2: He doesn't say in this one, though, right?
1: Does he? Yeah, it's in, it's in uh, Devil's Rejects. Son of a bitch. But <laughs> I also always say, like, motherfucker got blood all over my brand new clown seat, which I don't <laughs> have a clown suit, but I say it anyway. <laughs> I just, man, it's fucking cool. But are you able to separate Dwight from Bill?
2: No, or do you not, see not anymore. In this movie
1: now? Yeah, Uh,
2: like and because he's got the glasses yeah he's got and i even like in six feet under he plays a character uh, a character called arthur and i saw that before i saw the office and i still can't see watch six feet under now nothing dwight i mean such an iconic character you know it's it's and chris hardwick same thing you know i I watched so much talking dead that i it's hard to separate that talking dead guy from that movie it's just crazy that they had two like future you know known people And Walton Goggins, too. He he
1: blew yeah. up, be a really big actor, the cop.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Deputy
1: Winston or whatever. No, Deputy Winston's from Cabin Fever. Deputy, whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's talk about some. I mean, okay. First of all, not, not in 2023's terms, but in 1970s, would you guys pick up Baby Firefly's Hitchhiker? Yes. Why? Because she's hot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hot blonde. Yeah, absolutely. She was.
3: She was. I. I I still don't think I would. I really yeah. don't. As, as hot as she was, like I just, I would keep driving. I think, yeah. I don't. Yeah. When you're with a group, though, maybe you'd be more willing to do it. But, I mean, I know they were like things weren't as crazy back then, right? Really, this movie a ton of serial
1: killers in the '70s too. <laughs> like,
3: yeah. I mean, they did. Yeah. People were a lot like more trusting then, though. You yeah, know that's... I don't know. It was weird. I don't know. By myself, absolutely not. With like a group maybe i'd be more willing
1: follow-up question you're bill and you're getting hit on by baby firefly what do you do i know joe's answer
3: nice i i i don't play along with it no because i'd be so scared i know i'd be so i'd be like i just wouldn't want to deal with the fallout you know what i mean (laughs) after the fact
1: all right so i here's where i have beef with our characters and i think obviously i think we all agree where the movie shines is with captain spaulding and Baby and all them, but my issues with the group of characters like they couldn't be more annoying besides Bill, like Jerry's a fucking annoying little prick, Mary's a prick. I forget the other girl's name. she's a prick, but like if you look at it at like not a movie, right? They're driving, they have a flat tire. they don't know the brother fucking shot it out with a shotgun, but they have a flat tire. This girl offers like, hey, I will fix my brother will tell you for free, fix your tire for free and the the people are still annoyed like wait it's gonna take two hours what i'm like bitch you're in their house you're taking their hospitality they're fixing your car for free and you get free dinner and they're still talking shit is it weird you have to wear halloween costumes absolutely is it fucking terrifying that tiny seven feet tall and wearing a mask and got burned because the dad burned them absolutely is it weird as fuck that baby's dressing up to do a show for like her family and you guys happen to be there sure but at that point in time, until they're kidnapped, they have no reason to be fucking assholes. What are your thoughts?
3: I think I, I yeah, I mean, they're definitely being like very out about it, but I don't blame them for sort of being that way because it those people are fucking shady, man. Like they're shitty as fuck. I'd want to get out of there too, like as fast as humanly possible. So I could I could I get their frustration, obviously. And they're also young, right? So like obviously they're gonna be more like kind of like dickish um would i have acted that way no but i i get it for these characters
2: i think they're assholes <laughs> you yeah, they, they kind of deserve what they got uh you know yeah they're really mean in in a lot of ways to the people who are kind of you know you you know you don't know for sure that they're going to be bad people right they could just be an off family um it's not until really otis comes in that it gets bad so yeah i think they're total total dicks and didn't have yeah. the manners <laughs> Plus, Karen
1: Black is like extremely nice to them. I'm, yeah. and she's showing her tits to Jerry and he's all into it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but then, like, they insult them, like making fun of their, you know, at this point, you know, you gotta step back. Like, we know they're killers, but they're making fun of their culture and things like that. So, and then, come on, man. Baby's doing a show and she sits on the boyfriend's lap and you push her off and call her a fucking whore in her
2: house and threaten to cu- uh, come on, man fucking mary spalding even gave them like free fried chicken like on the house complimentary like, fried chicken yeah, yeah. like goddamn
3: <laughs> he did, just gave
2: you this big show you know in this tiny little place and you treat him like shit like come on it's fucking ridiculous mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. so
3: this was all like do you think spalding like called and tipped them off right i would assume right this was all like
2: a a they setup didn't have, they didn't have like no fun. One-
3: once they were there, he was like, "Hey, baby, go like pretend yeah, to hitchhike." Sort of thing. This, yeah, yeah. This
2: is all, yeah. It's a whole setup. I, Sid
1: Sid seemed to genuinely like Bill, though. Like I got that vibe that he really did like him. Like there was a good chemistry there.
2: Yeah, but, but I, don't I mean, obviously, no, I know, but <laughs> obviously, at the end of the
1: day, he gave him okay. would... because you know they went out of their way to find the the um the tree, right? So do you think if they didn't ask to see the legend or hear more about the legend that Sid wouldn't have sent them along their to their death?
3: It's do a good do question. Think, do you think
1: they triggered their own fate by asking about Dr. Stein?
3: I don't know. I mean, maybe, right? But I don't know. I think either way, I think that was an easier way to get to where they, to the final, you know, sort of thing. But had they not, I think still baby would have still hitchhiked you know down the road somewhere else you know
2: yeah the question is like if they had they gone into not gone into the museum and all that stuff like is oh that something, you know, is that something no yeah do, yeah. Regardless? i i think yes.
3: if, i think no yeah i think had they not had they just kept driving not going to the murder museum they'd still be alive
2: but, but maybe not right because it is october 30th and maybe this is like their tradition for matt night to do all those like culty crazy things that they do, you know, near the end of the film. So maybe it, regardless of the fact, you know if they happened to be going in that direction, maybe it would have been there. and it would have still played out the same way as it does in the film,
3: yeah. That, that's a good segue, actually, because I think the first like three quarters movie is fantastic. Where it start it, it does lose me a little bit, though, towards this ending here, you know, it gets a little confusing like why are they in rabbit costumes you know where exactly so they can say run rabbit run (laughs) right (laughs) Right. well yeah it's exactly the reason right you know why like what is happening here like where the fuck do they take them like what the fuck is going on in this underground lair like where are they is this like hell like is it like a form of hell that's down there like how do they how do they know about it first of all and like, are they taking care of Doctor Satan? Like, are they feeding yeah. these people? Like, are like, like, what's going on down there? Like, what and like, is it? How close are the? Or how close is it to the house? Is it like under the house? And there's there like an underground layer that takes it? I have a lot of questions here, and so, it, 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 honestly, not much, not really any answers either.
1: So you'll have to listen to like the audio commentary, <laughs> which I don't know if you want to do, but it's excellent. But originally, um, Grandpa in Hugo that does his famous fucking. Comedy routine before baby, <laughs> the opening act for baby's dance, which is fucking full of iconic lines. um He was supposed to originally be Doctor Satan, so and then the whole skunk ape thing where we have flashbacks, that was also part of, part of the plot too. Which if it, like, yeah, this movie is confusing as fuck. If you just like, what are they talking about? Like the dumb, the skunk ape had relations with my wife, but no, I take it as um they're part of the family too. And Doctor Satan, like the legend, everything that Sid Haig told. Uh, Bill is hundred percent fact. Like he experimented on people, mental patients. That's why they, they're kind of zombied out because they're mental patients and they're not, they don't have all their faculties. So I think they're, he experiments on them and they have this like underground temple. Cause when he goes into his fucking operating room, it's like a church. Like, so I figure it's just hard on the, on their land and they've just been getting away with it for years.
2: Yeah. The movie gets into a pretty weird spot. I don't know if it was really needed to go into the kind of paranormal uh, side of things. I thought they were doing a pretty good job without it. uh just having the Firefly family being fucking crazy, you know, doing Fish boy, of course, with uh, with Bill and doing um you know everything they're doing to the cheerleaders and wearing the fucking dad's skin, you know coming down, which kind of all brings back hey, to the, the serial killers that they had talked about, you know at the beginning of the film in the on the ride. Uh, I thought all that was great. i was I agree that the paranormal stuff kind of gets a little ridiculous. You know they're like zombies at some point, and when they're in the uh, in the coffin, and it's just the whole Doctor Satan thing is kind of a little ridiculous. The you know the the priest costume that he has, although it looks cool, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, I still enjoyed it because it's iconic looking. Yeah.
1: yeah. See, I didn't take so, those those creatures as zombies. I took them as just people that were mutilated, and then now they don't know anything, so they fucking I don't know do their thing down there do- but um
3: dr Satan's definitely supernatural though he don't look like no fucking human no he's he he's in
1: part two if you go with that so in like a hospital bed
3: uh, i guess like he just it well in the first one he don't look fucking well he's human. wearing like you a, a uh, yeah
1: i get it no oh, yeah, yeah. i know what you're gonna say i'm just trying <laughs> to defend it but uh the, prof- <laughs> the professor too like has like an entirety his entire body's like an open wound and he's like mm-hmm. spitting out fucking I don't know tapioca pudding. That's supposed like, to be like, a... like
3: he looks like Bane, sort of.
1: Yeah, kind of.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then he—that's he, pretty lackluster. That's probably a, a letdown for me. Is like he's chasing her, and then he like hits one beam, and the whole fucking thing collapses on him, and he's dead. I'm like, really? Like he's cool again?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um A, a couple notes I took uh, going back to the gas station beginnings. Goddamn that gas station was amazing. First of all, the decoration there is fantastic. The ride is really cool as well. Something that you know, what's cool is we got two of the most iconic clowns ever in the same shot. You know, you have, of course, Captain Spaulding, but you also have the actor who played Twisty in American Horror Story. So then there's a shot of them, like, in the same frame when they kill the two people uh, that rob the place. I thought that was cool without, you know, knowing. Uh, It's also interesting that they're watching the monsters, knowing where Rob Zombie would eventually get to and stuff like that. Um, But I do want to talk about just, I know we're going back, but the attraction and the gas station. Uh, Is that something like horror fans would be fucking flocking to this place if they knew about it? Uh, Is that something that would interest you guys? I'm assuming yes, but absolutely. Hell yeah, definitely. Didn't they,
3: didn't they sort of like recreate it for Halloween Horror Night, Steve?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what they did. Uh, It was really cool too. You start like, you know, the outside was actually done like the gas station and you walk in and you got captain Spaulding and, you know, kind of inviting you into the attraction and it goes into the, it goes into the like the actual ride then it goes down into the firefly house and then it goes into Dr. Satan's lair so very cool that's like, awesome experience uh, yeah. super cool i also
3: want to highlight the one scene cuz like rob zombie does do a really good job at times with his use of like music in movies and stuff and that one scene when the fucking barn doors open when they break in and they see the cheerleaders and it just goes into that sort of uh, i don't even know it's like a country type song it just works So well there,
0: it's it's just like
3: so. It's so disturbing, but like at the same time, like I don't know. It's weird. It's it just works so fucking well, and then just like, just like that long fade out shot, you know, right before he he kills the cop. It was great. I think. I mean, just it's really great filmmaking, and it's like what happened to that Rob Zombie, like (laughs) later on in his
1: career, you know,
2: the studio system. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he needs um, someone to tell him no. That too. That that's a big one. I think he needs a filter to just tell him like no. This did
3: anyone good. tell him no in this movie though? Like I feel like yeah, this Universal did. Yeah, exactly. Okay they,
2: they did. Gave, okay, they gave him a ton of fucking problems. He, he hates this movie because of that, yeah. right? He, okay. So.
3: Well, it's probably his best. <laughs> which,
2: yeah. I, mean, I guess yeah, he does
1: I, need that. Yeah. Yeah, I like when the cops show up though and like you feel for them like oh they're fucked because like they split up. Like the the competent officer goes inside with Karen Black, and she can tell she's she you know she has a gun and everything. And the stupid ass deputy starts screaming on the radio to tip him off. Yeah, mean she blows his fucking head off in the room, and then executes the cop. Like, all right, you're the you're the cop, you're at gunpoint. Do you give up your firearm? What do you guys think? To fucking Otis.
2: No. Like no. Yeah, yeah no. Not <laughs> no, after what you see right? in the barn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and
1: you already yeah, heard yeah. the gunshot from inside. So you know exactly, something's they, they
2: also killed the dad,
1: like right mm-hmm. there, yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no,
3: just what? there. So yeah.
2: Why why do you think they changed
3: Otis so much from the first movie to the second movie? Because in the first movie he's so like pale and sort of looks not human, but in the second movie they really changed him up. Like what, what, does, it does it zombie talk about that at all?
1: What what is it called when you're got the white pigmentation? In your skin. He's like Al- albino. albino. There, there it is. Yeah, that, that was intentional, I believe, too. In, in yeah,
3: corpses. it was creepy. And then they change. Then he has a completely different look in the second movie. It's just it's for continuity wise, it just was weird to me.
1: Yeah, that's why. Like, I, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I think a lot of people think Rejects is like the better film, but I don't agree. I prefer Corpses, and I haven't seen Rejects. In
2: See, I, I actually think Rejects is the better film. But I prefer House of a Thousand Corpses if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, better better made, you mean? Yeah, better made yeah, yeah. and more polished. Uh, I agree. But I prefer to watch House of a Thousand Corpses as messy as it is. Um, just another note I took, which I I have to mention before I want to really talk about something uh, the shirt that Captain Spaulding's wearing when the cops show up, uh, if I want to listen to an asshole at fart. That's a great fucking shirt. I love that. Doesn't say like pigs are good
1: on the front or something? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh and the last thing that we glossed over and I don't think we should is that entire show that they put on uh for you know the the people. God grandpa is so goddamn funny in that show. Yeah. That
1: he he had like the flu too during that filming. Oh really? Damn. Yeah, and he was you can even tell he was fucking lights out. But uh if you if you watch that okay, so the setup for the if you guys haven't seen it. They they make the meat dinner together and they tell them the legend of Dr. Satan, right? But then they have a special program um, where the Firefly, uh, grandpa Firefly and baby do a performance. And they're in this basically like a, a little theater in their house with like um, theater seats that are filled with like, what would you call it, mannequins that are stuffed and things like that. And then our cast characters are watching. Grandpa Firefly do the most obscene comedy routine about going down on your wife and his performance, like he screams in the mic and you hit you have microphone feedback, and then baby comes out and does a fucking lip-syncing dance, and (laughs) the girls are wide open mouths, like they can't believe what's happening. And the guys are fucking super into it. Jerry's laughing because he's like, I don't know. How would you guys react if you're in that? Like everything up to this point is crazy. What do you what do you even do? Like, how do you get out of this?
3: i don't know it's kind of like terrifying right like i'd be like man we're in trouble but there's literally nothing you can do about it because like they literally have your car there's no way of getting out so i think you just got to kind of roll with the punches and hope you don't get murdered and if
2: you do it becomes fight or fly at that (laughs) point
3: (laughs) right exactly yeah you try to be as nice as humanly possible (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Try to join them. Like, you know, yeah. try, to, try to get on a level. Yeah, exactly. Right.
3: Yeah, get up and do stand-up next. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. Like, uh, that's kind of what happens in American Gothic, right? One of them kind of <laughs> integrates with the family. That's that's mm-hmm. what they should have done. They should have tried to integrate it with this family. And...
1: Motel Hell, too. They do that.
2: That's mm-hmm. right.
1: Yep. Yep. So one thing I had in the notes, too, is like I when when they're leaving in the car, okay, first of all, why go through all the trouble of fixing the fucking car if they're just going to murder them anyway? And right. (laughs) And then beat the shit out of the car. But what I what I find very funny is that Otis and and tiny are out on scarecrows. Do they fucking wait out there for like two hours waiting for them to <laughs> fucking leave? What, one, so of
2: my, no, one of my favorite horror tropes is when the killer is just awkwardly waiting somewhere for, <laughs> for, for like, like in screens in, like in the bathroom dude. stall. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, we, we need to see a movie where the killer's just like essentially waiting there for hours, you know? Like playing what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, like they did in uh, Amazing Spider Man when he's waiting for Lizard. He's like playing on his phone on a web <laughs> in the <laughs> sewer, you know? That's kind of what they're doing too. It yeah, looks no. Cool, I but mean, practical,
3: right? Well, I mean, they they get off on the thrill, the thrill of the chase, just like that's how right. they re- they released them with the with the rabbits, you know, sort of costume, and baby went along and chased after them. They that's that's they like it. They like the thrill. It it gets them off. So that's I think that's why they fix the car so they can be like, oh, well, they think they're gonna get away, but they're really not, you know. So it all makes it it makes sense for this family. They're fucked
2: up. They like that shit. That
1: makes sense.
2: Uh, favorite kill. Ooh um and fish boys you don't see the death but I, the result was probably oh, most, I, most iconic i, I, find
3: I think Jer- i
2: think jerry that. just oh, the, the play Say.
3: that play that funky music white boy scene yeah. you know they get the, they turn on the music it's so raw they've already like kind of scalped them and then they start like fucking kind of torturing him it's pretty disturbing they like cut off his arm and shit That's, at one point bill gets his
1: arm cut off to that song
3: is that bill okay well jerry i think they like scalp him right or something yeah baby, baby I mean, scalp jerry no, Alright, no, is Jerry been... the play that funky music white boy then? No, no that's Bill. Is that Bill? Okay, Bill. Yep. I'm, confusing, I'm confusing the two. So then, yeah, Bill, the fish boy scene. It's but, fun. like, lo- the whole, like, leading up to the, the torture of him is is really good.
1: Yeah, he gets it the worst because he's still alive at the end when Dr. Satan is fucking with him. Mm-hmm. Jerry. Um, yeah. My favorite, yeah. My favorite's pretty tame, though. It's the one where Baby runs down Mary and stabs her to death because I really like the lighting in that scene and the amount of blood and just, like, i Dude, she, Sherry, like, to go back to your point, Joe, about what happened to Rob Zombie. What happened to Sherry Moon? Like, she was fantastic in this film, and Rob Zombie's direction was fantastic. And it's just like, jeez.
3: I think she was a perfect baby, but uh, other than that, yeah, no. I mean, I thought she was good in *Devil's Rejects* too. Like, I thought she was pretty solid. I think those are her two best roles. Lord then the after that, solid too. I just, I just think, yeah. I mean, I just think her range isn't great um so yeah i mean i think she can do certain things great that's all and just other things not as well hey, Kelsey, you said Fishboy. yeah i also I, don't I, think
2: i, don't, I think Fishboy.
3: i also don't think like cherry moon is as bad of an actress as people make her out to be either though i mean there are times she's not the best but i i've some of the
2: fucking screeners and indie
1: Steve movies i've seen some, a lot some, worse
2: some movies man <laughs> she is just like in halloween i think it's two Oh God! Yeah, but or, that's like—is
1: like, it her fault or is it terrible that's, writing? That's the thing,
2: right? But also monsters—I didn't think her acting oh, was good. her at all her voice, like changing pitch constantly. Was yeah, weird. yeah. One last thing I want to talk about that I had in my notes. So they played a twenty-two minute version—a a, a version twenty-two minutes longer—with a lot more crazy shit, and they played it once at a festival in like Argentina or something. Do you think we'll ever see? that version ever again i don't think zombies ever gonna put it out but I think if we didn't hope. get
1: it for 20th i don't know when we would you know 25th <laughs> and maybe a screen factory buys it because they they actively search out deleted material like they did for um my bloody valentine uh,
2: apparently it's crazy apparently there's a lot of like crazy stuff i mean uh so the flashbacks of baby you know she's topless and stuff like that that all comes from that cut um so i don't know what happened i i read about it but yeah, I think it's. Someone's got to
1: have like a bootleg copy of that somewhere. It, it
2: only played at a festival, so no one, like I guess people didn't think that wouldn't be the cut, right?
3: It exists somewhere, obviously. Somewhere, yeah. Like Someone if, somewhere, if they played it at a festival, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, wonder
2: if Universal has it in, in a vault. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'd, I'd love to see uh, that cut, though.
3: I wouldn't be surprised if it gets unearthed one day. But like you said, if it didn't come out for the twentieth, we might not see it till Zombie Dies. I don't know, you know.
2: Yeah, let's just. I I love these like you know missing cuts and like Exorcist no, I, Exorcist Three and uh, night of the Living event. Dead the remake and all that stuff. Like I hope some nice oh, Night Living
1: Dead remake would be so cool if they finally released it.
2: Yeah, and Exorcist Three. You ever see the fucking screenshots of the stuff that they filmed? No. I haven't. Holy shit, it's like super sick. I I'll, I'll send you a few pics. It's yeah. it's sick. Event, event Horizon too, but they confirmed that
1: that deleted footage is is was corrupted. Yeah. So it'll never it will never come out. So it's too bad. Yeah, it is too bad.
2: We we that's... need to have like a fucking Nicolas Cage type guy, uh, national treasure. <laughs> but for movie footage it's missing, you know. That that's what we need to make. We'll make that movie, like that one that disappointed you guys, uh, with uh Damien in it, where they're looking for uh like locations, we'll we'll look for missing footage. Oh,
1: on location uh, trips, on- terror trips. Yeah, terror trips. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll do one for missing <laughs> footage of films. <laughs> All right. Are we done? We, uh, I'll lead off the ratings. I want to give this a five star because I love it, but I'll give it a fucking five star. It's five star. I'm leaving it a five oh, star. Man. Even though it's four and a half on letterbox, I'm putting it at five because I fucking have a lot of fun with it.
3: All right. Awesome. I mean, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed a lot, everything about it. Other than, like I said, that last part gets a little shaky for me and there's definitely some technical stuff there. It's still a great movie though. I think probably zombies best. I give it a four out of five.
2: And I'm uh, writing the ass crack of both of you. Um, So 4.5 out of five, I just can't give it the five because it's, it is messy. And there are some things about it, but that doesn't mean I don't, I absolutely love it and I will keep watching it every like year or two. Uh, it's good. So 4.5 out of five.
1: Yeah. Rest in, peace, Rest in peace. to a lot of the characters in this film. Tiny. Yeah. Um, Karen Black. Karen Black. Sid, obviously grandpa. Um, yeah. Bummer. Yeah.
2: yeah. Sid's the first uh, horror actor I ever met really i I was one uh, of my first two i think i I was waiting in line to go into my very first like con and he was just wandering completely lost had no idea where the fuck he was going and i actually stopped him because of course fucking said hey you know i was going to the con to see him so i stopped him and i I asked him what you know what's up and he's like uh do you know where i need to go to get into the building (laughs) like yeah i just you know go over there and then i went to his line first so super nice guy cheap also like yeah, a very rare, bucks. yeah. Actually, cared about the fans, didn't price gouge yeah. everyone. So, yeah,
3: Bill. Very Mosley... bizarre, very weird signature Sid had. Yeah,
2: he <laughs> yeah. he wrote uh, shit the bed on mine. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got. I th- I think I have like four signatures from. him. But um, yeah, Bill Mosley like charges like sixty bucks, and he's kind of kind of honorary.
2: He's what? Kind of honorary, like he's a little little mean sometimes yeah we uh, joe and i met him at uh, rock and chalk <laughs> yeah. that's how we got the intro to uh, yeah
3: it wasn't yeah he wasn't the friendly yeah, <laughs> no.
1: most, most forthcoming but Sid hey super fucking nice definitely yeah. oh i met tiny too oh nice.
3: oh did you nice yeah. that's a good one yeah, he was uh, nice, guy. nice. Right. how about rufus he does yeah, some con. So, yeah. He's a big dude. No, no, not he? Rufus. I I'm sing it back to no, you. I, I, Rufus. Rufus. Yeah, Rufus. No, yeah. I haven't
1: met him yet, and Walton was supposed to do a con, and I was super pumped, but then he canceled.
3: Yeah, he's doing one around here. I've never had the chance to meet him, so I'll probably finally get to meet him. He, he's a good one
2: for sure. Dang, I, uh, I booked a train. I booked two nights at a hotel in another city to meet Rain Wilson, and he canceled the day before the con. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Ouch. Bummer. <laughs> yeah, me and my wife were so fucking bummed.
1: He'd, he'd probably be happy to sign a corpse. Yeah. Things. Cause I, he probably signs it's all the office. office, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's actually what a guy I have his office autograph. So I'd probably get a, a corpses. I de- re- definitely,
1: definitely would. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
2: All right, folks. Well, I think that is it
3: for this episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Don't forget next week. We are going to be covering Renfield. So let's see how Nicholas Cage does as a vampire. I'm excited for it. Uh, all right. Uh, in the meantime, you can check us out on Discord. Of course, that is the absolute best way. All you can do is send us a DM through any of our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or the Horror Squad Podcast. Just send us a message, and we will send you a link to the amazing Discord. Um, don't forget to rate us as well if you haven't rated us yet on any of your – wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. We'd really appreciate it. Also, the horror squad podcast at gmail.com. You can email us at any time. And I think that's about it. And so shirts. we'll see you guys. We got shirts. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. We have merch, uh, tpublic.com slash backslash the horror squad podcast. We have a few designs, maybe working on more. I'm sure we will be. Uh, we've been talking about that. So we'll definitely have some more merch coming to you guys soon. And what else? Anything else? Uh, Yeah, don't forget to stick around for our interview with Bai Ling coming up right after this. So we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the interview with Bai Ling. Bye. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, where today we are joined by a very special guest. Horror fans will know her from her many roles in the genre, most notably, of course, from The Crow. And today she is here to talk to us about her latest film, Johnny and Clyde which is now available VOD. Please welcome Bai Ling. Bai, thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you, nice to meet all of you and all your fans. I'm very excited.
3: Awesome. Um, so why don't you start off by telling our listeners about your character in Johnny and Clyde and how you got involved in the project.
0: Johnny and Clyde, I want Urge all of you to see it because it's so exciting. I'm so excited. So good movie. So entertaining and so crazy. So fun. So much love. So much danger. So much life. So much uh, exposure and so much uh, so much joy there. So I'm I'm personally I haven't seen it. I'm just so excited. It just because promoting the movie bring me back to the experience when I was shooting it. It was that set. It was so magical, so fun, and the producer, directors, everybody there are just like so focused to do this film, to entertain all of you, all of our audience. How I get involved, I think my agent, Peter, and he you know the producer of, they, they've been working together for a long time. So, and, and he called me, he said, they want me to be in the movie. I said, what kind of role? He said, something you are like, you know, they think I'm a little bit, I have this wild craziness. I think perfect fits the role, you know, she's, and I appreciate because normally like assassins, they cast the male. Characters, male actors to play, but female, I said, yes, so excited. So you bring another energy, more dangerous when female go all the way, you know, do this magic. I think I, I have to thank the producer, thank my agent for getting this job. And I, I, I want to work with them more. So I, I really enjoy the process with all the talented people in this film.
3: Yeah, I mean, and you have a great cast here, of course, led by Megan Fox. Um, you know, and Johnny and Clyde themselves, who I thought gave fantastic performances. Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about your fellow castmates and how was the chemistry and vibe on the set?
0: So Megan, I I I always like her as a sexy part. It's very sexy, you know, sort of like uh, she's white. I'm Asian, kind of a similar in a way, like very daring and very uh, outrageous going there, very beautiful and talented. So she's like... A, uh, actually you will not know in the film I, I actually even though on screen you say we're together but I didn't really physically working with her because mostly I work for her as assassin you know she gave me orders but most of time I'm on the phone talking to her but when I was doing looping I was shooting film in Hong Kong something I saw on, on the on reel I said is she there she's with me so it's kind of a, in film it's a magic because it doesn't matter where you are like green screens, all of that, eventually they put it together, and surprise you. Like uh, like I did the film, Sky Captain, World of Tomorrow with Jude Law, I was fighting, right? They put me on this bench, long bench, like a, and I was just fighting, I'm standing on top of the, literally not bench, a table, wood table, very long. I was fighting him on the, on the table. And it's just like a look kind of a crappy, right? Nothing fancy. I was fighting with them. When I saw the movie, oh my God, This galaxy world beneath me, all of that. So that's the magic of this film. Even though I, I shot the film, I did the film, but eventually what's on the film, how magical it looks, I don't know. Therefore we have to see it on big screen. So um, the other people I work more with, uh, uh, Evan and uh, uh, Ajani, two of them, you know, Basically, I'm the one basically trying to kill them, you know, chasing Johnny and Klein. So this is my big target and my big delicious food, like for my character. So I just aim them and chasing after them, kill every obstacle to find them. And also the director allowed me, I'm so funny, I said, you you two just ordinary, there's no magic. To me, they're just, ordinary people these two actors look at me they were laughing said she's crazy because I all these things are talking about magic ordinary because for me I'm a magic assassin you're nothing I can just shoot you I think anything's a mindset so they're just allowing me they're just responding they're just laughing it's like very natural very real these two actors most I'm working with so then the rest of all oh my god you see my Instagram, I, I am byling. I just posted a video. I was dancing with a bunch of like 12 guys dressed the same. So funny, I killed them. They're my basically, uh, uh, how do you say, target, but we're together dancing, having fun. Um, I think the, the, also I remember more, even though we're doing film with the characters, but I'm more associated with the crew the directors, the cameraman, we have so many cameras and we have lights and it's night there, daytime, I was in the car. I was dealing with all these behind scenes or people are, you don't really acknowledge. I think they did a tremendous job to achieve the look. And also all of us there, I see more of them because I see other. I don't see myself and how dedicated, how, you know, the whole team, like the producer, directors, because we're a team, how they conduct, how they Um, manage it, everybody together in the same rhythm and create a look at the film, not just actors. So we're just lucky to have a great team behind us make us look good, make the film look so fantastically uh, delicious and exciting.
3: Now you've worked on hundreds of movies spanning across all genres, but you always seem to make your way back to the horror genre, one way or the other. Um, you know, are are you a fan of the horror genre in general? And what makes you, you know, always seem to kind of want to return to that genre?
0: That's a good question. I think uh, come to, uh, you know, when something like the food, right, when something tastes good, you want to eat again. So I did the first, I would say it's a dumplings. It's a Hong Kong movie. I won the Asian Academy Award for it. Like four major, most important award I won. So it's a horror film, but the, the, the it's a little bit different, it's more like a psychological horror. It's not like it will shock you with some uh, makeup or with somebody look like a monster. So, psychologically, I think in the horror is the extreme of your nightmare, you know. And without nightmare, you cannot appreciate your sweet dreams. So, you know, it's equally important. There is kind of a symphony without a pause. There's no symphony. So it's almost this space of, of wondering, the space of danger that in life or our soul something we're afraid of. Because you have fear, therefore, you got the gift of how to conquer it. Give you reason to be greater. So I think because of that movie, I did the same movie with the same director called Abortionist. So I did another horror genre film, that I just doing voiceover for them in Hong Kong called Return Home, opens in July in Hong Kong, all over the world. And it's another extreme, but you know, Asian cinema horror films are a bit different. They're not shooting, they're not monsters, they're all psychologically very, very beautifully done. So I think it's from dumplings, if you haven't seen it yet. I just did another film in Taipei. I just finished it literally a few weeks ago. Also kind of horror journal, but as you trap this building, something happened with a butterfly. But it's more like a drama, more like a beautiful story ha- with a haunting quality. So that's what attracted me, haunting quality of the souls. There's a lot of a darkness, a lot of magical in the universe that uh, we don't understand because our mind is very limited as a human being that's what I like about
2: yeah uh, so like Joe said you've been in a lot of great films over the years uh, The Crow, Wild Wild West, Samurai Cop 2 which I liked and Exorcism oh at 60,000 feet uh, I loved your performances and all those what do you look for in a role when uh, you're picking the movies that you're in and what are some of your favorites?
0: Um, good questions you guys asking. It's not something I'm looking for, it's, it's the excitement excitement I want to experience. I'm not looking for anything, I think any role I can play, and in one film I played man's role, I just want to share you, I, 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 I like the challenge, I like the excitement, I like something that's not normally done, and this film I played, the director wanted to cast me to be femme fatale, I said, well I've done that, just sexy girl somewhere, I said, give me something more interesting, then they offered the role. The, I said, which character? The character name is Black. He said, Black, who's Black? So she, he was in the film originally, biggest gambler, six foot four, you can imagine, a, a Black guy. You know, how am I gonna play that? It's totally like powerful with all this bodyguard to gamble. She, he wins everything and challenging another tough, dangerous guy. How am I gonna play? The director said, we're gonna add some background, change your name. I said, no, you do not change nothing. And in the film, I say, by the way, my name is Black. Why not? You know, I say, you don't have to change anything. So that's challenging. In the end, I'm like, so sexy, so alluring, so vulnerable, but most powerful, much more powerful than the physical big guy. I think it's something I'm looking for a challenge. I'm looking for something excites me, like this role, right, Johnny and Clyde, we have to talk about that. So it's like there's something assassin. how you can be funny, how you can find your character that, I'm complaining all the time, I give a shit, I don't I don't like them, I don't like to take the order, but I. they know I do job well, but I have an attitude. It's just you add something off the screen, off the character, what's on screen, it's there. So that's something I'm looking for. And also you said how I coach my character, is that another question? You no, know, it's funny, it's a magic, why I, I'm talking philosophy. I have no question. There's no answer needed. Every time I play role, I don't have question. I just knew I can do. I I knew something that I don't know what it is, but I'm good at it. I knew I'm just excited with energy. I don't know. And I I give myself quote, if you follow me, I am buying Instagram or real buying Twitter or Facebook. I always have cookies. I think your picture, sexy videos is okay, but I want my audience, my friend, take something meaningful. The quote I gave to myself is, when I'm thinking I'm an idiot, when I'm not thinking I'm a genius. So um, I don't have to think. Like this time, I am in Taipei, I play some role. She's so much older. She's whole life living in that little street, like old Taipei in that building trap. She owns grocery store. She has a child, it's disabled you know, and she has to survive. She travels, there's dangers in her. How I play that? All the details, she smoke, she cannot see well, she's hustling with every, you know, young, old, seducing and doing all kinds of, I never, my life is not like that. It's kind of easy as a movie star in Hollywood. And I jumped in and tried to custom next, they were shooting. There's no time for me to, to do any search. And I actually don't need it. If you watch company, I did zero search. I just got there. The director said, I said, what do you want? He said, violin, as long as you're truthful, have fun. So I just, my my spirit, I have a spirit Come on, I, want a I want to fail and do this and then just come. And it would just I was a long take. Uh, I just did one. Long, I was looking at and I said, This is just a magic acting performer. I said, I'm One of the best performers in the world. It's not really Biling, I have to say. It's the universe. When you allow the universe to show their magic through your body, no, you're unstoppable. Even like my character in Johnny Clyde, unstoppable. She's just having all the force. She just basically, if you have joy, the audience will have joy. If you're calculating, trying to do something to make them believe you, then they see the force of performer. So I never learned acting. I don't want to learn. I don't actually have big TV there now. People, my friend gave to me, but never watch. I never really watch TV and movie because I want to keep my mind pure. You know, when it's a canvas, when it's empty, then you can pin anything. And also it's a computer. We don't have pro- I don't have any program. But I don't have apps. When it's coming, it just runs so fast. So I keep my mind very simple, very real. I, I enjoy real life, real people, strangers, I talk to them. That's how you capture the real emotions when you go through. You remember. It's like a chips, you remember when you play a character. You just somehow know. So that's how I think uh, of course, um I, I did a movie Red Corner, you see, right? I wanna. National Border Review Breakthrough Performance. I should've Oscar, but I was so new. Uh, and, and one of the best coaches in Hollywood, somehow I met him, I was doing press jungle. He said, Biden, I want to tell, something, tell you something. Mary Strip, it's a master of what she does in acting as an actor, you are, a, ori- you are a, an original. I didn't understand that, I was like, what's original? What's...? He said, biting is a great compliment, you should take it. I said, original, okay. Then I figure out it's like a child, you know, when child on screen always take over because they're so real. They're crying, they're laughing, their emotion are, are very honest. So I, I, as a performer, I want, I'm so honest, like before they say, talking to journalists, you cannot, you cannot be honest, they're gonna, twisted all that. I said, no, no, no. I said, I want to be honest, with whatever in the end, people, you will see through the lights, and honesty and who you are.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, that was, what a fantastic answer. And bye. unfortunately, our time is running short. You were an absolute pleasure to talk to today, though. Everyone, of course, make sure to go check out Johnny and Clyde. Uh, it's now available, uh, video on demand. Uh, bye. before we let you go, is there anything else you'd like to, you know, promote or any other films or yes, projects you yes, have coming yes. up that we can check out?
0: Thank you for giving me the opportunity to say that. Of so, course. Um, if you go to my, I am bilingual, go click the link on my bio, go find me because I'm so proudly uh, uh, present my movie. I made myself direct debut director. The Debut, di- director debuted a film called My Quarantine Romance with toilet paper. So I, I, I financed it, I write it, I direct it, I star in it. I have like uh, 23 big cast members. It's a 118 minutes film. I also, I wrote 11 songs in it, and music, I composed. Who composed music as a director? Only Charlie Chaplin. Also, I turned myself into Charlie Chaplin in the movie. It's a fantastic, it's a comedy. It's same energy, but it's so funny. It's like a roller coaster. I think I'm like a female Quentin Tarantino. I'm sorry to say that, but I, that's how I feel. It's a talent also from universe. It's so funny. It's like 13 people visited me when I was trapped in the quarantine to give me toilet paper to, in, in exchange for sex and love. But more profoundly, it's like, when we don't know what's happening tomorrow, what do we want? What do we really want? What's really meaningful? So this is my love letter to the world, to to the, our history, our time, because it's the only movie that conven- conceived and filmed during that time in the most dangerous heights of the COVID. So that's something I really want to uh, dedicate to all of you. I know it's gonna go viral after that. I'm gonna bring to Broadway. I have a big dream, so hope you can support me. Click there, even a little bit will be great help because it's my love for you.
3: Absolutely, absolutely bye. We, we will definitely support you. Everyone make sure to go check out Biling's Instagram, her website, I everything. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one last thing.
0: Yes. Go yeah, to and by. inclined because you will love. You want to watch it again. It's a such a hip, modern, and kind of a really, really, really exciting and a magic movie. You're gonna watch it. Watch awesome. me how I shoot you.
2: Thank you very much. Bye. An absolute pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Pleasure. Thank you. Bye. 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 For the love of Jane Russell's big fat horse's ass on toast, stop ringing that goddamn bell. If you don't quit doing the asshole shuffle and pick one of these goddamn options, I'm going to come over there and put my boot up your ass. Oh, well, fine. It is now official. You have just wasted most of my fucking day. It's lunchtime already. Damn, you will excuse me, won't you? Well, thank you very much.